Barbershop. I am your host, Mark Gray. Join on Slimbotron for the second week in a row. Slimbotron makes another debut. Demar Johnson, how you doing today, brother? I'm good, man. What's going on? I'm surprised that you are doing good. All things that have uh, been going on for you and uh, sports-wise, it's been 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 a rough season for you sports-wise so far, my brother. And uh, stopping by later will be Lamont Jordan. He'll be coming in here momentarily. Uh, who knows where he uh, is and when he'll get here, but he will be joining us later as we get into football. But before we get into football, before we talk about um, Lamont, well, matter of fact, before we even get into any sports, I guess we should probably take a time off to say that while um, we sit here weekly and we talk about sports and we both are very privileged to do that and happy and um, for lack of a better word, we're both very blessed and um, to have this, to, to live the life that we live and um, to have the opportunity to do this, you do, it saddens you to turn on the news and hear about things like Las Vegas and, um, you know, just all the things that seem to be happening in the world today. And, um, you know, it, on certain days, it almost makes it hard to come on and laugh and joke and talk about things when you realize that people are out there innocently losing losing their lives and how many families are affected by by this stuff and you just realize that I mean there are people who just simply went on vacation as we were in Vegas two three weeks ago DJ two three weeks ago and you know you realize that easily could have been us at, a, at an event and um, you know it, it, it's just hard in these days out here and you just want to take a chance to say that you're very grateful for everything that you have and that um, you know just a lot of respect and um, Love sent out to those who lost uh, any family members out there in the Las Vegas shooting. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's, it's just sad some of the things that happen in this in this world. I mean, you can be like, man, this world is so great and we're so blessed, and then these crazy things happen. I mean, people get their homes washed away from the rain, and now innocent people just getting shot at for no reason. I seen somebody posted a picture of a guy like laying on top of his look that appears to be his girl, could have been his sister or friend or anything. It looked like it might have been this girl that he was laying on her, and she was just laying there, like, shot. I mean, I picked, picked that picture crushed me, man. Yeah. You know, it's, just, it's just sad that, you know, that the kind of things happen. We just got to appreciate every day we have. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, with that said, let's uh, let's move on. And um, so many things to talk about. The NBA preseason has already started. What is the one thing question that you would say you have the biggest question going into this NBA season? Biggest question? Or yeah, that you're like, hmm, I kind of want to see how that's going to work. Um, I'm curious about the Oklahoma situation. Uh, I would have been, I'd have been more curious if Melo went went to Houston, but I'm still curious to see how how Russell, um, you know, blends with them guys that that also, you know, should should get the ball, you know, some also, you know, last year we know he didn't allow other players to have the ball that much, and I just want to see how he, you know, try to you know tail it back a little bit. You know, I was thinking the other day, and again, um, both of us have been. 
probably bigger mellow fans than, than most. Um, obviously you played with him for three years as a teammate of yours. Um, and I saw this year in the ASPN's pre-ranking of the players, they had a dude like 50-something, like something just ridiculous. I mean, behind players. 64, I believe. Okay, it, it was something ridiculous. I mean, I mean, like, absurd. And you kind of ask yourself, what will Melo's legacy be, and what has it been up to this point? And um, correct me if I'm wrong, in NBA circles, he has all the respect in the world, correct? Yeah. You know, the rankings are horrible. You know, they... They had Kobe very low on there, like, you know, his last year in the league or the year before his last year. And um, I, I don't really know what they're based on. I don't know if it's a stock controversy, but, you know, it's, it's the players don't really, they just laugh at that stuff. I, I, being around a lot of these players this year and, you know, getting to have conversations with people, I realize that there's people who are perceived as stars that, and in NBA circles, the players behind the scenes laugh at and would say, you know, yeah, right, that guy ain't all of that, da-da-da, he's just right situation, right time. I feel like in NBA circles, Melo is respected as high as you can get just about, right? In terms of his basketball ability. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we we know, everybody knows what Melo can do. He's a scorer. Um, you know, we don't, we don't, you know, when you got, you know, guys, Dale Jackson and, you know, you know, your team, you know, talking down on you, trying to really devalue you. The other, you know, the media and everybody, they eat that up. And, you know, you hear people talking bad about a guy like Melo, you know, at the time of the team not winning, you know, they, they try to drag you down. But the players that got to guard Melo, right. they know what it is. You know, when they on the USA team, they see how he's taking over with all the best players out there. Uh-huh. They, they, it is. And, and, and I think that is huge. And, and that's what I always say. And the part of the problem is, is that we really, in this country, you know, the Olympics, when they come on, those two of the USA games, one, nobody ever really knows where they are. Then when they do come on, they're these, you know, most random time you could possibly find. So they're not really that watched. And then, and then also with the assumption that we're automatically just going to win, which we do, people don't pay attention. But I think the real telling thing is, like you said, when you put 15 of the best players on in the world on the same team, you notice that pecking order. Melo starts every one of those games, right? You're right, and then when they need a bucket at the end, Melo's out there on the floor. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is telling that you know that when you like you put all these guys together on the court, Melo's not the one coming off. Yeah, and but even uh, even I think the year that he um he he led him in scoring, uh, he came off. I believe he came off, but he still was the the primary scorer. Yeah, primary yeah, primary. right, 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 right. No, absolutely, absolutely. What I mean is that when the game is on the line, he's on the floor. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? When you need a bucket, that uh, Mellow's Mellow's definitely your guy. And and part of the funny thing that it, that goes to the hypocrisy that people comes and always is part of it's just part of being a sports fan. What's happening there, Lamont? What's going on, fellas? Except Stumbletron, we get that name. Uh, nah, next year, next way. week, next week. Um, all these people, right, DJ, blasting LeBron. For, for for first when he left and joined his super team. All the, then after that, if just that wasn't bad enough, when KD left to go join a team of superstars, and, I mean, they're still crucifying this guy, right? And all anybody ever says is, man, what happened to the old days where, you know, you just stayed on your team and you didn't join the superpowers and da-da-da-da. Man, I can't stand that. You know, nobody wants to be their own man. Now, there's one guy who, who went that route. There's one guy who said, I'm not doing the super team thing. I'm going to win on my own team. And his name is Carmelo Anthony, and everybody hates him also. 
and he's labeled what? A loser. Correct? Yeah, well, well, I don't, I don't know if he, he was ever free enough to, to, to even do that. Um, now, now you, you kind of have no choice. If you want to compete, you got to team. Oh, ab- absolutely. But he was the last two, three years ago when he signed. He was the last one standing on the whole, like, nah, I'm not joining any of these superpower teams. And as a result of that draft cast with all the same draft class, they all ended up on the same team with the exception of him. LeBron won, uh, Bosch, what, four, Wade, five. I mean, that whole draft class ended up on one team. And somehow Melo stays and tries to win one on his own, and he is labeled a loser. That's what his, that's what his legacy is right now. It's a loser. Yeah. Well, I mean, everybody everybody can't win the championship. I mean, when you all teamed up with St. Blaise, then yeah, you know, Bosch and and LeBron and Wade got championships together. So yeah, well, Bosch had got one in Toronto, no. <laughs> right. LeBron got one in Cleveland, probably. Um, and Wade already got his own. So, I mean, that's that's kind of the route you, you, you got to go nowadays. But everybody, it's just unfortunate that them guys were the same draft last with him. They end up, you know, getting that, and, and he did. But a lot of a lot of a lot of guys don't didn't get a chance to have great careers. Didn't get a chance to win a championship because it takes more than just one play. Got you. One quest, last question. Uh, last night, uh, you know, got to see you watch a little bit of the Lakers. I don't know if you got a chance to watch any of the uh, the, the, the games so far. Um, how, how, how good is, is, uh, is Ball going to be? I love Ball. Um, he, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm old-fashioned. You know, I, I love I love pure point guards. Correct. Guys that, you know, even the, the passes he make that aren't assists, um, He's, he's hitting the ball ahead and just looking to make the right play at the right time. Um, had a few turnovers last night, but it, it was the turnovers of him, you know, trying to make plays. Um, I, I think, I think he, I think he's going to be good. Touch his little phone, so it'll come out. If he touches his sorry, loose, so he touches it, will come out. Now, I mean, obviously, you show me a great point guard that does what he does, and I'll show you a guy who also has turnovers. You know, it's very rare. There are the, like you said, the Jose Calderons or whatever who, I mean, just always make the safest play possible, and that's yeah. how you end up with zero turnovers. But, I mean, yeah. you know, Jason Kidd is no, is no stranger to turnovers. You know, Rondo's no tur- no stranger to turnovers. Like, those those guys who make plays, you know, you got to take the uh, – even Steve Nash, the great Steve Nash, is no uh, he's no stranger to turnovers. Right. You know, that's part of the game. Um, college football. happened that he's super athletic, you know, along with being like a – Point guard, right? Does his dad bother you at all? Um, lately, lately he hasn't. The, um, his dad, I think his dad is a little over the top. He he is a little much. Um, I, I don't know if he's serious with some of the things he he says, or he's just doing it for shock value and all that. Um, the the thing with him homeschooling his son, um, I don't mind that at all. He, I mean, he right. His son's a, a celebrity now, um, and if you know, he can. If his goal is to you know get to the NBA and be the best player he can be, and you know, homeschooling thing is homeschooling. You probably will learn more than you'll learn actually in the classroom. I mean, in school there's a lot of distractions, especially when you have that kind of status. Now, from from Melo, I, I mean, especially when you got that status, I would want to be in school. I would want to be. 
the popular guy walking around. Right. You know. Right. Right. You know, instead of sitting at home all day, I got my friends. I want to be with my friends in school. I would want to be in school, but you know, as far as the idea on, on the bars, and I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Do you think that there's any possibility that there, like, because I agree, I do think a lot of it is an act, and a lot of it is, you know, just for show and about. And I think he loves attention just as much as as anybody who's ever walked the earth. But um, like, do you see it coming into play in the Lakers? Like, what ha- they, they they are a young team, and there's going to be a lot of losing. What happens the first five game losing streak? Uh, do you think we hear his dad sticking his head in and saying? What the Lakers are aren't doing right with with, with his son and and etc. There's nothing he can do, as far as the Lakers are concerned. He can talk all he want to talk. Thing is, um, Lonzo doesn't say anything at all. Absolutely. Now, if your kid was like that, then yeah, he probably would have got back to dad in the first place. <laughs> right. But you know, your kid just goes out there and plays basketball and you know and and plays the right way. So as long as that's happening. You know, LeBron can say all he want to say, and if it's becoming too much, then I'm pretty sure Magic had that talk to him for the. Now, if he want to get it talking down to Magic, <laughs> then you know, he he's going to have to really deal with that. He might not be allowed in that ring. Yeah, no, nah, I, I I I I think that's I think that's a blessing because I'm not. I think I think you're right. Is that uh, Levar Ball is probably if there's somebody on the short list of people who could talk to him. An organizations that can say not here. The Lakers and Magic Johnson is as good as it's going to get. I'm not so sure that works in Minnesota. You know, uh, somewhere with a losing with a losing owner and a losing ways. I'm pretty sure he says, you know, my your team's always been a loser, and we don't want to be here type of stuff. But that I mean, you go to one of the winningest franchises in NBA history with you know one of the best players who ever lived as the GM. So I really don't think there's much room for him to be talking. Yeah. So I, I think they should be able to keep that under control. Uh, LSU boy, what, what you got to say about your boys down there in, in Baton Rouge, man? I don't know, bro. Um, I don't know. I see. You know about that? You know, you home game to Troy, even even though uh, you know our, our top player set, we still have cool, so many pros on that team. Whereas though we should still crush crush Troy. Um, when you say their top player they, didn't play, you do realize that whoever Troy's best player is probably didn't even receive a letter from LSU. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so so it's and definitely not about one player. Really think they jumped the gun, you know, with with, with coach um, Les Miles. And they paid they paid them they paid them some good money and his buyout is crazy and nobody else even offered the guy. Um, I, I thought we were going. I guess when Herman went to went went to um, Texas, it's like we didn't. That's all we wanted. We didn't want Herman. That was it because it was other coaches out there. But I don't know that. I haven't. You know, so I'm used to. I'm, a, I'm used to less miles and only games I'm used to losing really is Alabama. You know, maybe a loss here and there to Auburn or somebody like that, but. I haven't experienced, you know, these kind of losses since I've been up. <laughs> well, uh, was the less miling, was the less miles firing premature, or that was time to happen? I think they they I didn't I didn't like it really. I guess at some point in time they're like, man, we got to bring somebody in here that can eat out of that. And I don't think they they hired a better coach. 
I think with Les, it's just, you know, we, we never, we didn't have a pro quarterback in there in a, in a while. You know, we had all these athletes, you know, crazy receivers and crazy cornerbacks in the league, but we just didn't have a high-power offense. Like, Odell Beckham was better in the league than he was in school because, you know, we ran the ball a lot. Um, we didn't have the high power, but we weren't scoring a lot of points. Right. I think they wanted to, you know, modernize our offense and, um, while we do throw the ball more, um, I don't think we're, we're better coached. So many times in sports, I feel like you're, you're absolutely right that, you know, they say the, the one thing this person hasn't done is this. And, it, like, the one thing he hasn't done is beat, you know, he doesn't beat Alabama. Or, you know, in the NFL, it might be that this guy wins all the games, we're always competitive, but we haven't won the Super Bowl. You know, it's like as if anybody can just do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you beat everybody but Alabama. That's, I mean, okay. What makes you so sure? Like, that means that there's only this much room to improve, but there's this much room to fall. You, you, you know what I mean? And very quick, more times than not, I found that when you replace this guy who's all the way up there, you don't, you know, you're the one who loses. You know, I, I, in Philadelphia, you know, Andy Reid, what were they then? Lamont, he, did he make the playoffs just about every single year from, for over a decade? And, and it's just like, well, he hasn't won the Super Bowls. Like, okay, you're just so sure that, you know, he's the one that's preventing you from winning a Super Bowl. And, and look, and then he goes, you, you know, they part their ways. And look who has the best team in football. I had an exact same conversation with Delonte last night. You know, he's, he's an Eagles fan. I was just like, man, I was like, y'all are stupid. You're forgetting Reverend Andy. And I was like, you know, I guess, you know, he had enough years there. You know, he, he, didn't win the Super Bowl. He had stuff going on with his kids and drugs and suicide. And maybe it was time for just a change of scenery, you know, for 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 him and maybe for Philly. But I'm like, he won that division most of the years over there. Um, he is a really a really good coach. I don't know. I think maybe more so for him. Maybe I think it might that change of scenery was probably good over there because they they do. After a while, you're there 10 years and, you know, nothing's changed. Yeah. I mean, you're, you get content with winning. Right, but uh, for all of those, and that might be true, Bill Cowher, the Steelers have had, I want to say something like three coaches or four yeah. coaches in the history of the damn team. Bill Cowher was there for the same thing as Andy Reid, and they never won any Super Bowls. It was always, you know, always the bridesmaid, never the bride, until he wasn't. You know, they won the Super Bowl, and I want to say it was like his 13th or 14th year. You know, and then Mike Tomlin, fast forward, he wins one or in, in his, you know, second or third year, and he might not win another one for 10 years, but this idea that he's any less of a Super Bowl winning quarter, uh, coach is just, it's just every year only one is going to win. And, and it's, and unless you're assured, you know, as if you're saying, you know, like we always say to the quarterback, we're going to fire Andy Reid because he's not Bill Belichick. Is Bill Belichick's name in the in the in the running? <laughs> you know, like did, did he say he was coming here? No. Okay. Well then. All right. Sorry, right, call him, bro. I, I same thing. He, he gave us two. Yeah, and, and he you know, tried to get fired the year that he was winning our second. That before we won the second one. Absolutely. I feel like every year he was about to get fired. Yeah. It, they didn't. It, it was the season didn't really start in New York until they started threatening to fire Coughlin, exactly. like every year. Until the chance for Coughlin and Eli to go, that's when the season started. Right. Which, um, 
We'll get to that later because that 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 pony's already left. So I don't know what you guys are waiting for now because there is no more get rid of Coughlin and your season still ain't started. With with that being said, let's go ahead and hop right into uh, week four in the NFL, which has been again. You know, we thought week three was crazy. Week four was right on the heels, and I don't remember ever <laughs> that fast us having only one undefeated team. You, you like normally. We got a good amount of teams that are three and zero, I mean, even six to zero. But it, it didn't take long for everybody to pick up a loss, except for the Chiefs. Right. And teams that you would want to call great teams, we we've seen. I think we have seen every team in the NFL look like garbage and look great already in four weeks. <laughs> which is which is pretty weird. You know what I mean? Normally. You would say, man, this team right here is the best team in football, and then, bam, they lose to the Bills. You're like, okay, okay, maybe not. You know what I mean? And then, you know, the Jets were like, well, we don't know if they're going to win a game. All right, the Jets are out here with two wins, and they're beating people that we thought were good. That's kind of weird. The NFL season has been all over the place uh, as of late, and um, it's been crazy. We'll start right there on the Thursday night game, which was Packers-Bears. Packers-Bears. Um, the Bears, excuse me, brought in, I wanted to start, that's a good place to start actually. The Mike, Mike, um, Glennon thing. And I, I want to talk to you about this, Boogie. We, we drafted, the Bucks drafted Glennon in, in 2010, I believe. No, 13. Whatever the case may be. We drafted him in the third round and he was supposed to be our future quarterback. He played three, like, I want to say three or four <laughs> games in his second year, about another three or four games. He never really got handed the team and got a chance to develop. Then, within what the little bit was seen of him, the Bears decided they want to pay him a ridiculous okay, amount. Of money. Sarah, what up? You can't hear me at all. No, I okay. admitted I did. Okay. Um. So the Bears decided to give Glennon forty-five million dollars over three years, which is really kind of weird. And he's their future quarterback. Just kidding. They draft the quarterback in the first round, so it's like you're really on the quarterback for like mm, until you mess up. Which is like, you know, so you're really looking over yourself. And I just want to ask you, Lamont, a lot of these guys, him, EJ, a lot of these guys, it just seems like you don't really even get a shot. And it's like, how do we really even know how good some of these guys are? Can you tell in practice? I know in your situation, I went it up last night and looked it up. Uh, when you were in New York, Chad Pension was drafted in 2000. He was drafted the year before you. Vin Testaverde was there. So... He was drafted in a, Chad was the first quarterback drafted in the first round, but he wasn't forced to play right away. When you're watching Chad in practice that first year, and then a Matt, well, excuse me, your second, his second year, your first year, and I'd imagine he probably would have been running with you guys then, with the twos or whatever the case may have been in practice. Can you, can you tell, is it something that you can recognize in practice in terms of like, nah, this guy's just never going to be it, or nah, this guy is it? Because I, I just really wonder, and I'm not here to say Mike Glennon was going to be good. Geno Smith is another one. I, I don't, I'm not here to say Geno Smith could have been a great quarterback, but I am going to say Geno Smith never really got a fair shot. He played one year on an extremely bad team and he looked bad. And a lot of great quarterbacks had looked bad on great teams in the early in their career. So just speak on that. Um, to the Chad Vinny situation, I mean, I just felt like we had two good quarterbacks. I mean, Vinny Testaverde could still play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chad, you could see it. Now, I've been in situations where you just look and you, you know, I was an Andrew Walters fan. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, you can you can see that you, you can see that some guys they have it and some guys don't. Um, but I think if you look at the, let's say the 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 Chad and Vinny situation. Hold have, on one second. Can you hear DJ? Yeah. Okay. You um, you got Kevin Mawai center. You got Curtis Martin as a running back. You have Wayne Quebec as a as a wide receiver. So you have a bunch of vets around the young quarterbacks. Um, as far as that Chicago situation, you know, if you're going to sign a guy, fine, I understand that. But what I don't understand is paying him as much money that you paid him and then giving up the farm for a guy that you really didn't even have to give up anything for because I'm sure he would have fell to, to your lap anyway, having that third overall pick. So um, with that situation, I never understood it, why you would give up so much. But um, I don't know what's going on in Chicago. You just have to... I thought that it was a great situation for them because it, it meant Trubisky wasn't going to play this year. Mm-hmm. I thought at least Glennon or Gleason, whatever his name is, was going to get through this year to give the boy an opportunity. Um, I, but also looking at that situation, um, the rookie had a great preseason. Mm-hmm. You can see in preseason, hey, this guy may be it. So really it's just a matter of, of, of just seeing how he plays in a real game situation. Are you a fan of of letting the guy sit and learn? I am. I am. Especially if he doesn't have the pieces around him. And Chicago, I mean, let's just face it. You're playing against the Green Bay Packers. You're playing against the Detroit Lions franchise, which is really starting to 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 kind of solidify itself as a, as, as a, a right. legitimate team. Minnesota's got a good defense. Minnesota has a good defense. And, I mean, let's look at the pieces that you have around you. I mean, none really. You know, no none receivers. really. I mean, you have nothing around you. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of letting the vet come in, get his opportunity to show that he can lead the team, let the rookie learn, let him go through whatever it is that he needs to go through, um, and then maybe that following year put him out there. So it's going to be very interesting to see. In your first year, Chad didn't play. Mm-hmm. He sat. So you saw him every day in practice. Your third year and by your fourth year, Chad was the starting quarterback and the franchise quarterback. Mm-hmm. Can you say you saw a difference between – Chad in practice when he was when he wasn't playing and when he finally got to go. Are you like, man? No, he wouldn't have been ready last year. But now, like I've seen him grow. Like, did he look better to you, or, no, did, or Chad, you just don't really get any better until you actually get out there and play? Chad was just Chad. I mean, his work habits didn't change. I mean, I didn't see. I used to watch the quarterbacks. You know, I want to be a quarterback, right? So every opportunity I, you know, I got in practice, I was looking and seeing what quarterback drills. You know, what drills and quarterbacks were doing. And you just saw Chad, you know, Chad was just out there just working on his dinks and his dunks. And, and, and Cause that's what he did. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he got that down You know, you know, people hate the dink and the dunk, but Tom Brady won a Super Bowl. Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl imitating Tom Brady. And so as a smart quarterback, if it's, if, if, if the ball, Chad you know, took it to another level. <laughs> but you know what? If, if you don't have the play downfield, I would much rather have a quarterback that's going to check the ball down, get me into to second and third and manageable. That's going to be efficient than a guy that's just going to force the ball down, down the field. Mm-hmm. We got to remember Chad. What happened with Chad was he got hurt. Three, three, three. Um, you know, Chad surgeries. got hurt. We, we would be talking about Chad, I believe, as, as a top quarterback in the league had he not had he not gotten hurt. But to answer your question, I definitely believe in sitting the guy if he doesn't have the pieces around him. But it just seems like in Chicago, they just they they believe that this guy can get the job done. Real quick, you played with uh, Lavernius Coles and Santana Santana Moss, and I can't really remember who else there in the Jets. But those are two fast guys down the field. You know, four two, four three guys. Did, do you ever were they ever frustrated with, with with the idea that no Chad can't throw the ball down there like that? 
the West Coast offense, it's one of those things where, no. I mean, if you have a quarterback who doesn't have a strong arm, what it means is that if you're throwing a go route, that he just needs to get the ball out of his hands a lot quicker. <laughs> I mean, that's just pretty much what it comes down to. As a wide receiver, you have to do a great job of losing your man at the line, but you just have to know that you have about 50 yards to work with. You know, and you don't have Vinny who's going to throw that ball 60. You don't have Kerry Collins who's going to throw that ball 60. Um, but in the in the West Coast offense, it was about precision running, route running. Right. Running, you know, proper route depths and things of that nature. So, um, you know, you don't really worry about those things. Okay. Back to that game. The um, Packers, you know, Aaron Rodgers is, is everything that we've been saying. Uh, no need to repeat that. And the Bears, for lack of a better word, uh, everything we've been saying. Uh, do you have anything to say about that game, DJ? Or that whole situation um, there in Chicago, uh, Bears quarterback situation? Yeah, about the situation, it, it really just, it, it depends on, it, on, on the team, man, what you have. And I think in the Chicago situation, they gave up a lot to move up one spot to get a guy who, who showed a lot of sparks in this season. Um, I probably, I probably would have started him from the start. Now, if you, cause everybody looks at, you know, how Aaron Rodgers set. Right. It, it turned out to be, you know, as great as he was. He sat behind a great quarterback. We, we had a situation in New York. Eli's rookie year. We draft Eli, you know, with, with the, with the first pick. And we also bring in Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner was one of my favorite quarterbacks ever. Um, I didn't want Eli to, 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 to play because I mean, we started off five and two. Then we lose two games in a row. We're five and four. We take Kurt Warner out, put Eli in. We don't win another game. Um, and I was, you know, Kurt Warner, the MVP, Super Bowl champ. I would like to see Kurt Warner play more with New York ready for Eli. Um, he, you know, he came in that year. He didn't do good, but, you know, he, he ain't missed a game since. Um, it's just it just depends on on, on your situation. If you're sitting behind a guy who, who you trust, and you know you you think you can win some games with, then yeah, you sit your work and let him learn from that guy. If there's something to learn from him, if you just sitting him behind you know Bozo, then he's not going to learn from him. Get him out there and let him get his game experience. I, I I see both sides of that in a situation like especially if you bring up the Eli one. I'm, I'm a firm believer, with the exception of like a Dak where it's more like you just fall into the perfect situation. Uh, ben Roethlisberger fell into the perfect situation where, you know, they don't ask you to do much, just go out there and do that. That's fine. But in a situation like Eli or Aaron Rodgers or so-and-so where it's like, dude, you're going to be the franchise quarterback. Uh, you know, we're Andrew Luck, those guys we're expecting. I feel like there's a learning curve that all rookies are going to have and there's bad football that all rookies are going to have. That comes with playing the position. There's there's going to be seven, eight, maybe nine bad games that you're going to get from a rookie quarterback. And if you're like the Giants situation is, once you realize you're not going to make the playoffs, like let's get these eight, nine bad games out the way now. And, and so that maybe next year we can start off and you've already got all those rookie mistakes out the way, da da versus, you know, next year because – it, you know, it's kind of like you're just kicking the, the, the can down the road. And sooner or later, there's going to be these bad games. Let's get them out the way as soon as possible so that we can start the winning. That, in the Rams situation, I felt like that's what they should have done with golf. They weren't going to win any games anyway. You know, go out there let them learn that you can't throw off your back foot. Let them learn that these linebackers are a hell of a lot faster than they are in college. And, you know, take your 2-14 and 14 season and just hope that the next one is, you know, maybe 4, 6, maybe even 8 wins. <coughs> 
Um, but again, the, the thing that, and I agree, I, I don't think that uh, Trubisky, or whatever the hell you want to call his name, is it, sitting him behind Glennon, like you said, is is definitely not the same thing as sitting behind Brett Favre, sitting behind Kurt Warner, sitting behind Tom Brady. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't know what he's supposed to learn from Mike Glennon, and I'm willing to bet that he's probably looking at Mike Glennon like, I'm better than this dude right now. It's not always about what he can learn from the quarterback that's ahead of him as much as it is learning what it means to be a quarterback in the National Football League. You know, a lot of these quarterbacks, they come in nowadays, you're drafting quarterbacks high who don't even, who can't even read defenses. So you never know what you're getting. And like I said before, it's a matter of the pieces that you have that you have uh, around. That Prescott, like you said, he fell into a situation. Right. I mean, you, you, you took the best running back in the draft. You already got uh, one of the top five wide receivers, one of the top five tight ends. I mean. The best O-line. You know, the, the best O-line. So uh, in the Chicago situation, also, like, I like bringing him off the bench. I would rather sit my rookie and play the guy that, that I bought in ahead of him and if he makes mistakes, I'd rather for him to make mistakes and then I bring in a rookie with the rookie knowing that, hey, it's your show from here on out. Opposed to, to having two guys in there, let my rookie play and my rookie constantly wondering, okay, am, am I going to lose my job to this guy? I would much rather have it be the other way around. In Chicago's situation where you really have nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think that, that situation helps out a guy like Glennon because he's not at all. The pressure is on him. He's right. looking over his back every time he misses a read or every time he throws an interception. Now he can't play loose. Nope. Oh, you know, like 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 you would want him to play, and that's not helping out neither. That's what I was saying from the Glennon situation is that I think Glennon, how, there's so many of these quarterbacks. You alluded to Andrew Waters, who 99 percent of the people have Walters have no idea who the hell you're talking about. Um, you played with him in L, in Oakland. You're Second or third year, they drafted him in the third round. He was um, he was a great quarterback coming out of college. Same situation, just never really gets that that freedom to do what you want. And then Mike Glennon again, because you're right, Slim. It's not a matter of if I mess up, it's gonna I'm losing my job. It's not even a matter of if. It's just when. Like he doesn't he knows he doesn't know if it's gonna be week two or it's gonna be week ten, but he knows he wasn't gonna be finished. Like he's not their quarterback. It just depends on the person you are. If you some guys would you know step up to that, and some guys is like, man, I'm in the lose lose for right here. Yeah. Look at they they bring they bringing that kid in in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. They like man, they they and he's looking good too in the preseason. They strong arm. Alex Smith don't throw the ball down the field. They really can't wait to insert him. Alex Smith comes out here and had probably his best year so far to this point. And he stepped he stepped up to this challenge. So he like man, okay, well let him go. I'll get another job tomorrow. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, next game, these these London things, man. Like I, I don't. It it, it always seems one. It always just seems like a bad football game. And this one here, I was trying to watch this one because I had Drew Brees. I had Drew Brees in two leagues and still changed the channel. Like I just was not. And, and I was rather watch pregame shows talk about football than watch what that that game was. Like that game was. Off, I believe it was zero. No, it was three nothing at halftime. Um, that game was just bad and, and unwatchable. Um, coming into the season, when when um, Fiedler, who's the quarterback in Miami? Uh, Tannehill. Tannehill. When Tannehill went down, 
And I listened to Herm Edwards and the other guys say it was a no-brainer. You bring in Jay Cutler, he knows the offense. So, you know, it's not much adjustments. And, you know, the, the, the Cutler over Kaepernick's move makes sense because he knows the offense and it's a, a plug-and-play and he's ready to go. I can assure you Colin Kaepernick can go out there and put zero points on the board. Like, this whole idea that Jay Cutler knows the offense and he was going to be able to do much. Um, I, I looked, I saw plays where they showed Jay Cutler's face, and I think Jay Cutler is the one, while everybody's sitting there talking about him and why is he there, I think nobody wonders why he's there more than him. <laughs> like, he looked at him like, why the hell am I here? Like, <laughs> he even looked up at the booth like, that's where I'm supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, this is ridiculous. This team is awful. We're not going to win anything. I'm back to, just like Chicago, I'm over here getting, it's Chicago without the receivers. Like, I'm over here getting beat up. He's not doing anything. You know, it all, all the blame falls on him again. It, it, it's just a bad situation all the way around. Did you see that play where they ran the wild cut and lined him up out wide? And he just stood there <laughs> with his hands on his hips? Just literally stood there with his hands on his hips and looked over there at the play. Like, this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. The play proceeds to get, like, a yard. And Cutler just shakes his head and walks back over there. Like, he, he, he wants no parts of it. And, again, um... I don't know. Bad football in London, nothing new. Uh, the Saints still yet to look like the Saints. The Adrian Peterson thing looks like it's, it's just not going to happen at all. Like literally at all. Uh, I, I don't. I'm. Sh- I. I can't even imagine how upset he must be right now. Especially then when you see what happened in Minnesota and their star running back goes down and Adrian Peterson. As we just start seeing running backs go down, he's going to be just sitting there saying, "I'm just sitting here doing absolutely nothing." And that's not going to help them for next year. Waste a year in his, in his life. Nah, absolutely. So, what, either one of you got something to say about this game before we move on? It's a horrible game. I agree with you. The London games are trash. Um, it really looked like Jay Cutler <laughs> can't mess with football. All he got is $10 million. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I watched the game. I wouldn't rather watch you talk about games, but because I had Drew Brees also. <laughs> I, was, I was invested, but... um. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I don't enjoy the London games, to be honest. I mean, the last week was the or the yeah, last week was the Ravens went out there and got destroyed by the Jags. This weekend, I I mean, it was a twenty point blowout. I, I don't even want to say this. I feel like I don't want to say the Saints destroyed the the Dolphins because that would insinuate that there was some like there was some high outpout. You know, if you own Drew Brees, Drew Brees, you know, you didn't destroy anybody. He might have destroyed your fantasy team. He destroyed mine because he literally did nothing. But that was the only destruction that was going on. Bad football, bad game. I, I don't know. Drew, Drew didn't do too bad. He didn't do too good. Yeah, like twenty three in mine. Would you get points for effort? Nah, yeah, twenty three. Yeah, two, two, two touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I need more than that for Drew Brees, man. Like you said, I need three hundred yards and three touchdowns from Drew Brees, man. I could get, I can get some random guy. I can get Alex Smith for that. Make it anybody do that. Boogie, you have anything to say about this game before we move on? What are our picks? What was the, what was the record for the week? I don't know. A one has that. He can, I believe he's listening. He can check it. A one, uh, send me the, those uh, picks, please. Those uh, records right there. Yeah, because I think I, y'all picked Miami, didn't you? Hell no. The Dolphins? I thought you, pick, I thought you was a, a homie. Nah, that's not even my team. No, sir. Okay. The, why would anybody pick the Saints over the Dolphins? I think the Dolphins I, are one of the worst teams. Yeah, I hate picking Dolphins. Yeah. Um, there's really nothing to say. I'm just happy to see the Saints are 2-2 two and two and keeping the hopes, uh, keeping my hopes alive that they'll win the division. You still see that? I don't see no, that. I'm just not, I'm just not counseling them out. Okay. I mean, 
Right now, Carolina looks good because Cam's not getting hit. But when he starts getting hit, I, I would anticipate they're going to go back to being the same Carolina team. I mean, Carolina, we said this on the on the, on the show last week, um, that if Cam's not going to be Cam, then you might as well just get yeah, him out Yeah, but this week he was Cam. But this week he was Cam. Um, so I'm not saying that it's, it's – one thing about the New Orleans Saints is that offense, it uh, always around midway through the season, they get – they click. They click, you know. Um I don't know what's y'all know how I feel about the whole Adrian Peterson situation and why he's not playing. You're you're not that dynamic of a ball carrier. You're not in the game unless the coaches just don't trust you. Um, and it's not like he's got. It's not like <laughs> he's been taking shots at him for yeah. It's not. It's not taking shots. It's speaking the reality of what the position is. Like it's not taking shots. Everybody thinks that when you speak the truth about what this football thing is about, that people are taking shots. It's not taking shots. You are not that. You are not that dangerous of a ball carrier. You're not that dangerous of a football player with the ball in your hands, and you're not on the field unless you're sitting behind a future Hall of Famer or unless you struggle with pass protection and you're a liability in a passing game. Outside of that, that man needs to be in the game, and it's just that simple. And it's been that way from college when I was being coached up by Mike Loxley playing in the ACC, playing against number one Florida State, number three Carolina. It was that way then. It was that way playing for the Jets, and it was that way throughout. The only reason why you don't play when you are that dynamic of a ball carrier is that coaches don't trust you and you're a liability in the passing game. It's the only logical logical excuse. He's healthy. You can't deny that, DJ. It is the only logical explanation. <laughs> and, and the funny thing is that I went and looked it up, and, and you can look. Um, there's a YouTube clip that's not made by Lamont. That's about breaks down um, Adrian Peterson, and it has all, you know, pro uh, football has the rankings for everything under the sun, and over his career, Adrian Peterson ranked uh, dead last in pass protection and dead last in um, in, uh, in percentage of catches out of the backfield. So there's a whole YouTube clip of him just about, that shows how, how they grade. Go ahead, DJ. Them, them, them kind, of, them kind of numbers are very deceiving. I mean, how many times have, have we seen him in on third down and long when he's even put in, in that position? Not many at all. I would expect him to rank dead last. If he's, if he's out there, the majority of them plays and still is ranked dead last, then you're telling me something. But he's not out there. No, but like I said, the thing shows and it breaks down his when he is on there, especially early in his career when he was on there on pass protections and him missing the right, missing the block. And making the wrong because I, I I do think that that because because like what Lamont is saying is, is that he's a great runner he's essentially the greatest runner we have and for them not to have you on the field when you're that bad of a, of that much of a weapon there's a reason you, you know like there is a reason for it it's not just because you're not good you, you know what I mean and uh, and I get that I, I I do get it and um you know I, I and just to, I I brought that up just to say that you go watch the clip it breaks it down and it shows you know. Way ranks on this, way ranks on that, and they, and they give everybody a grade. Every running back on you know picking up blitzes and recognizing stuff, and you know I I defer the same way I defer to you when you tell me something about basketball. I will defer to Lamont when we're talking about football. Not only football, we're talking about the running back position, and especially when he's saying as great as that boy is, it doesn't make any sense for him not to be on the field. I'll have to agree with that. Um, no, I, but what, what I also say is, watch every every game you watch. Watch whatever running back in that game at some point is going to miss miss the block, get the wrong block, or oh no, abs- absolutely. But I mean, but that's like saying 
Bruce Bowen is a good defender because everybody because there's plenty of highlights of him getting scored on. I mean, no, that doesn't that doesn't mean that nobody's saying that he makes he defends everybody, but it's not up for debate that he's a better defender than James Harden. You know what I mean? Like you can't say James. Yeah, a lot of people score on James Harden. People score on Ron Artest too. Like I mean that that no, that that's not what anybody's saying that nobody makes the wrong play. I mean, people make the wrong plays all the time. At the snap on the snap of the ball, within. Before the back even takes his first step, you can tell whether or not he knows whose responsibility is in pass protection. It's the one thing that when I've competed against guys my, my whole career, I knew it was this. First and foremost, it's a race to learn a playbook. If you learn the playbook, the coaches are going to trust you. That means you're going to get more opportunities, which means you're going to get more opportunities to make mistakes. Your margin of error is very small. That's just the way, you know, that's just the way it's been. From the running back's position, it's very simple. When the ball is snapped, if your man doesn't come, you get out. You got to get out quick. It's just that simple. If, 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 if I'm in pass protection and they're only bringing four guys, the four down linemen, but I'm, and everybody else is dropping, but as the running back, I'm still going like this, looking at absolutely nothing. That lets the coaches know that I have no clue what my responsibility is. <laughs> Second of all, if you don't get out in your route, that linebacker who's dropping in coverage, who's responsible for you, if you come out the backfield and you sit down in his area, you have to know route concepts. I have to know that if I got a dagger concept where I got a dead coming on the outside and I got a sing going down the middle of the field, I know that if my man doesn't come, I have to get out to the flat fast because it's going to draw that linebacker, which is going to open up things in that for the dig. You have to know these things. I'm looking at running backs from the time that I've been out, and you're looking and you're seeing guys that have no clue who their blocking responsibility is. Right. They have no clue. And, and I'm saying that with AP, and it's not just AP, it's, 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 it's a number of guys, the reason that they are not on the field is because they struggle and pass protection and, and the passing game as a whole, whether it's identifying who you have. If you have a hard time identifying who you have, when it's time for you to block somebody, you're not going to be as aggressive because you're thinking too much. And if your man doesn't come, if you don't get out in your route fast enough, that's letting the coaches know that you don't know what you're doing. If we sit in a meeting and the coach says, on these particular routes, we need for the back to get out fast. If I'm competing against you and I see that you're getting out slow, you're telling me as a guy who's competing against you, oh, you don't know your job. You don't know your responsibility. You can't beat me out. And that is the only, only logical, logical explanation I have for why Adrian Peterson is not on the field. You can get away with that with coaches and, and offenses that they're going to build the offense around you. The New Orleans Saints is Drew Brees. So we're not going to switch up what we do to try to fit Adrian Peterson, which gets away from everything that we do. And 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 I'm not saying that that AP can't get it together. That's why I'm still keeping hope alive, because I believe that by week eight, by week nine, he should have enough of a concept grasp within this offense that they could utilize him more in the passing game. And now you'll be able to see him getting more touches from the run. Now they can add in play action fakes and things of that nature, which I think is the is the one reason that he's there is if you can give Drew Brees a running game with that passing game he has, that team is dangerous. And sitting at two and two. I'm still not giving up hope on this New Orleans Saints offense team because I know just how dangerous and dynamic this offense really is. Correct me if I'm wrong. 
Go ahead. You got go, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, one last thing on that. I mean, first, I don't know why he went there. Everything you <laughs> said. That's, that's kind of what I was about to pick up on. Go ahead. It was absolutely, it was absolutely right about, you know what I'm saying, guys got to know where they're supposed to be and when they got to be there. My, my thing about it is, what is, as far as AP is concerned, I haven't seen him in that situation enough to, to, to know. Maybe it happens in practice every day. But I haven't seen him in that situation enough to know that he's an F-up in them situations because he's not putting those situations like Leonard Fournette coming out of school all they talk about oh McCaffrey could come out of the backfield Cook could come out of the backfield Fournette is just a runner where in Jacksonville he's catching the ball out of the backfield every week and before they saying well this is not something that he does but they they they've been they put him in that position they could have just run him on first and second down like they did AP and have Fournette out of the game and on, on third down and on passing situations but he's out there proving that he can do more than just run the ball. And I haven't seen AP get a chance to get put in those situations where he talked about it earlier this year. He was, like, excited about, well, I'll be able to do more than, you know, just running this offense. I'll be able to come out of the backfield and catch the ball. And I just haven't seen him being able to get put in that situation. And they're like, if everybody's saying, well, he can't block, he can't catch, as soon as he missed a catch, it's like, well, I told you so. He's not going to get that opportunity. But somebody you know, that you've seen can catch out of the backfield. They miss a catch. You're like, okay, you know, they'll catch the next. It's like, he's just not getting that opportunity. Correct me if I'm wrong before we move on. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Drew Brees is most dangerous, and the Saints' offense is most dangerous out of the shotgun. That's where Drew yeah. Brees is Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah, that's, where, that's where Drew Brees is it's Drew Brees, Brees right? Yeah. And Adrian Peterson, <laughs> which there is a law, and the guys carry the ball thousands of times, it's not most dangerous out of the shotgun. Like, I mean, so I, I just don't even see the match. Like, I, I don't see because what you're saying, what Adrian Peterson is used to and what he spent his 10-year career doing is either being a lone back or running out of an eye formation. And what Drew Brees has spent his more than 10-year career doing is out of the shotgun. It, it, I just don't even see the marriage. Like, I, I don't see. So when you're saying you're hopeful and you believe that it can work, I I. I don't see the match. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't. It, to me, it's the equivalent of like you know, if, if Golden State signed Dwight Howard. Like I, I don't see the match. Like I, I don't. I don't see how it matches. This is and and, and I will have to go back and look at this. Drew Brees is is an all around quarterback. He can work from underneath center and he can work in the shotgun. He didn't really start staying in that shotgun until he started losing his running backs. We have to remember that Deuce McAllister, when he was healthy, was a very dynamic running back for him. Mm. With that said, Sean Payton's offense, everywhere he's been, the play-action game has been critical. Drew Brees is a great underneath the center, being able to turn around. Uh, and remember, of, Drew Brees is shorter than your average quarterback, shorter than your which, average, is, yes. which makes the shotgun more effective. It makes the shotgun more effective, but when you're talking about a guy who knows how to work the pocket, he's had Sean Payton, so he he understands the offense. You're talking about a guy that's a seasoned vet, and we have to remember that Drew Brees played in the Big Ten. He was always a short quarterback, mm-hmm. so he's used to these situations. The reason I'm saying that I still have hope that they can get it together is because when you're trying to learn the offense, all right, it may take you a while. Especially if you've played in one system for your entire career and then you have to go to another system. When I went from New York to Oakland, while I did grasp the the, the uh, North offense uh, pr- pretty easily, it was still a challenge in the pass protection because of just the verbiage alone. You can easily get twisted up. With that said, I think they can do it, but we just need AP to be on the field more. And and I think Slim alluded to it. If, if, if you're missing pass protection in practice, 
and the coaches just don't trust you, you are not going to play on game day. And I'll give, I put it this way. Right now, who would you take, Adrian Peterson or Frank Gore? I, I, I see where you're going. I, I don't even like to say the idea of, I feel like Frank Gore should have been out of the league a decade ago. But, I mean, based off of what you're saying, I mean, he seems like the more reliable back right now, right? He's the back who's on the field. And there's a reason that he's on the field because, like you said, he's the more reliable back. It's not that AP can't do it. It's just people really have to understand how serious these coaches, especially these offensive coaches, how serious when you're talking about the running back position, pass protection is critical. Oh, no, nah, they they broke it down, and it was funny. I, I know you weren't watching, but in Hard Knocks, we had a guy. I don't know if you – did you say you watched Hard Knocks this year, DJ? Or you just say you saw pieces of it? Yeah. We had a guy who was uh, who we drafted fifth round running back, and they're like, we love him, but he we don't trust him. It was you know he missed the one block, and he got the um backup quarterback knocked out the game, and then he's da da da, and they're like, we can't trust him. Like, he's like he's a great dynamic runner, he's averaging like six yards a carry, but it's like we, he out here getting the quarterback killed. We just we just can't have it. And they ended up putting, I mean, he was our, probably the best runner outside of Doug Martin, but they ended up having to put him on the practice squad, and they were just like, yo, you know, we need you to get you. Your, your pass protection uh, together. No, I, I get it. I get it. I mean, even like in basketball, you know, people ask, like, got a guy like Michael Beasley. Yep, that's what I was thinking of. I was thinking the same 10 thing. Minutes. For 10 minutes, he got 12 points. And you're like, man, why, why this guy don't play more? Like, yeah, because he don't know his rotations on defense. He's not getting there. And, you know, there's little stuff like that that they just don't quite trust. So I get it. Yeah, nah, it's funny you say that, Slim, because that's the first thing that popped in my mind, too, right, is that we know Mike can score 20 a night, probably 30 a night, but, you know, when you watch it, it's, like you said, it's, as soon as he comes in the game, he scores, and then, but not only that, he gets beat on a backdoor pass, and you said that the coaches would rather, like, they, that kills them. That's that's the one of their, their pet peeves. They don't care how many points you score. You can't be asleep on defense. All right, um, Bills Falcons, this falls into the situation where we thought somebody was great, and I guess the question of this one is, are the Bills better than we thought they were, or are the Falcons just what we thought they were in terms of ready for a fallback this season? I'm going to let y'all two speak on this, but I just want to let y'all know I picked Buffalo. Well, I, I've, been saying, I've been saying all year, I'm like, Buffalo's been playing some defense. Um, now, now they, while they have been playing defense, Julio Jones getting hurt. Answer new. Answer new. Julio Jones, answer new. You know, it, it, it does make it make the Falcons a lot easier to defend. Um, but but you know, nonetheless, they're, they're playing defense. Um, Tyshawn Taylor is not turning the ball over. Tyrod Taylor. I was about to say, what did you just call it? <laughs> that was just, God, right? <laughs> I was just I was like, turning the ball over. Um, and they and they're, and they're playing defense. But but you know. I kind of got to, you know, see see them in one more test because without, without the Falcons receivers, you know, it, it just makes them a lot easier to defend. But, you know, big up the Buffalo, man. I think uh, to, to go, I think Buffalo, um, I think the defense is, I think Ryan, Ryan, I mean, excuse me, Rex Ryan built a defense. That's what he does. I mean, he's not there now calling the plays per se, but he still built this defense. And I'm sure it's still a lot of his DNA running around there in the, in, in the defensive schemes and his players, right? Um, so the defense, I'm going to say Buffalo defense is solid. And I'm going to say, like you said, Tyrod Taylor did his thing and, and, and managed the game, which is what he does. But I, let's not forget at the beginning of the season, I told you guys, 
I, I thought the Falcons were going to come back down to earth. I, if, as long as the NFC South <laughs> has been around and I've been watching Tampa, the Falcons have done 12 wins and then 8 wins and 12 wins and then 4 wins and 10 wins and then 5 wins. Like, that, that's just what the Falcons do. And, um. I would judge them without, without the receivers out there, though. You know, after this game, it's hard to, you know, hold on to that. It, it is. Especially for the best receiver in the league. Is it on the field? No, but here's what I'm going to say to that, DJ, and I agree with you 100%. Losing Julio Jones is is detrimental, but Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, how many of these elite quarterbacks that we have don't have a Julio Jones? You know what I mean? Like, they they, they don't have a Julio Jones to, to, to bless, and that's kind of what I've been saying all along is that, you know, A.J. Hall, because so many of these elite, elite, elite receivers are running around out here with mediocre at best quarter quarterbacks. You know, and a lot of these. AJ Hawk. He just AJ Green. AJ Green. Excuse me. AJ Hawk. AJ Hawk is awesome. Nobody throws AJ Hawk the ball either. You can't act like that. Nobody throws AJ Hawk the ball. Excuse me, but AJ Green. Yes, thank you for the correction. But um, you know, how many games do we see these other guys wins with without those guys? You know what I mean? And I think that's the difference between being. Like that—that that brings us to the question: Is Matt Ryan great, or is Julio Jones and and all these other receivers that he's played with great? Well, the thing is, is, is when you when you playing and you're practicing without Julio Jones, you prepare for it, right? Opposed to him just getting hurt in the middle of the game when you. <laughs> I I don't say no. I I don't I don't say no. I I don't say no, DJ. I, I'm just saying that is a hell of a luxury. To, I mean, we've seen Ben Robsburg and Antonio Brown goes down, and hey, you know. Brian, you step up. Hey, you guys, whatever the hell you are, you step up. You know, can you go along and you catch it? You know, Darius Hayward Bay, catch it. And it's just like, I mean, Ben, if you got a guy who can go out there and who can run really fast, Ben's going to throw the ball really far. You know, that, that, that's just what he's going to do. Uh, a lot of guys are trying to say guys that you, that you made. Yeah, no, and, and whoever is behind Julio Jones, I promise you, DJ, is, he's just a talented guy, too. Like, I mean, they're not in the NFL. The receiver. He didn't make it there for nothing, right? Yeah, he's like this. He's not, there's nobody in the NFL who's a receiver. Like, that's a skilled position. You're not just he, there because you're not really good. Yeah. He, um, they got enough weapons. When you lose, think about, look at how this Falcons team is built. You have Sanu and you have Julio, all right? So you lose your two wide receivers. You still got two starting running backs in your backfield and and, and the league's uh, running MVP as your quarterback. I think that this game was all about, uh, first of all, Sim, I do, I, I will say that the, the injuries definitely played a part in it, especially when you lose Julio, Julio Jones. But I think that this game was just all about Buffalo. I think Buffalo's defense is a lot better than, than, than people think. And you also have to think about this. They're playing against the Buffalo Bills. When is the last time anybody's actually respected the Buffalo Bills? So that's one of those situations where, you, you know, you, you look at that. Um, and this was just, this was an easy trip up game for, for the Atlanta Falcons. And that's why I picked the Bills to win. Um, hopefully for the Falcons, they can get Julio Jones back and hopefully Sanu will be okay. Um, Buffalo, Falcons don't lose. And home. That's not that's not what they do. They do not lose in that dome. And if they do, it's to the Patriots, it's to the the Packers. But it's, it's the damn sure that they who the Falcons? Yeah, no, Falcons have been playing in a dome probably no, since Andre Rising. This no, more of this dome. They're playing in a dome. Is a dome? Yeah. No, I understand, but the dome we're not talking dome. about. We're not talking about the Georgia dome anymore. Is that what we're going with? Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going with. I mean, it's, it's a different dome. Okay. It's a different dome. I mean, they, they, they lost. They lost by six points, and 
Remember that first round pick? My guy from LSU, Jadavious White, had like a fumble return for like 60 yards, and that's the difference of the game right there. Yeah. Yeah, I think Atlanta's going to be, I think Atlanta's going to be fine. I think this game was more about, um, Buffalo. I think Buffalo's going to be good. I think you're right. I think that there's, it is, it is about Buffalo and that Buffalo is better. Buff, it's time for Buffalo to start getting their respect. And then you, I, I ask you this, was, uh, when, when a team does like, and they look this good, does that, if you're Rex Ryan right now, are you saying like, I told y'all, if y'all just gave me another year, we would have been there, or this is just like, nah, we did this because we moved on from you? Yeah, it's nah, they like, man, we told you we'd be better without you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 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 Um, right there, DJ, your town, it was an away game, but the Bengals finally got on the win column, and maybe this is just what they needed to jumpstart. I mean, a trip to the Cleveland always cheers everybody up. Um, the Bengals, all of a sudden, you know, we got Giovanni Bernard making plays. Um, Nixon, while they really tried to get him going, just it didn't happen. I mean, he got 17 carries for 29 yards. Um, but, you know, Dalton, four touchdowns, and, you know, everybody everybody looks great. A.J. Green looks great. Uh, Andy Dalton looks great. Yeah, running game didn't do anything, but I just make that the Bengals are playing the Browns, who are the Browns are just what, you know, they are. That's all it is. I mean, a game they needed. Um, I mean, win is a win. Nevertheless, I mean, I was talking to a fan from here. And he was like, man, it's the Browns. I'm like, man, listen, a win is a win. I'm a Giants fan. We don't have one of those. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you run convincingly. You ain't have to kick a field goal to be the, um, the, the Browns. You went in there and they're home and you beat them convincingly. And that's something that you, you gotta, you know, try to take that away and build off. Okay. Uh, you don't have anything to say about that game. Okay. Rams, Cowboys. Um, again, is this about, the Rams are actually like for real or the Cowboys are, you know, not what we thought they were. And I'm going to go first and say a little bit of both. I, I told you guys at the beginning of the year, um, I, I felt like what Dak did last year, all the stars aligned, everything was perfect. Uh, the running game was clicking. Uh, the, you know, everything just was perfect. You know, all the stars aligned. And I don't think that happens two years in a row. Um, I think this year that, you know, the tape is out there on Dak. So it's going to be a little bit harder that second time around. That's not saying that he's not good, but I don't think he's as good as what we saw last year. And then on the other side, I think the Rams look like we were just talking about the Rex Ryan thing. I think they look like a completely new team without Jeff Fisher. Like, I mean, th this last year, DJ, we talked the entire season up until like week 11 before we gave up on the Todd Gurley thing. Remember, we're like, this has got to be the week Gurley comes, you know, this has got to be the week. And then it was like, I don't think that's going to happen, like, at all. Like, it was like every week you would just get less and less and less and less. And the thing is, season one, Gurley was, this is what we saw season one. He was he was amazing. You know, he was one of the best running backs we've ever seen in a rookie. And then he comes out his sophomore year, and he didn't have one single 100-yard game last year. And then Jeff Fisher is gone, and bam. Todd Gurley is right back to be like, yo, this guy might be the best running back in football, like what we thought he was. Um, I think this is a difference between a coach. Uh, Goff, Jeff Fisher made it clear last year that he did not want Goff. He didn't want to use the first pick on him, and he didn't want to start him. And, you know, he, he just, that's not what he wanted. And uh, at the, by the time Fisher was done, Goff looked like mm, he probably shouldn't have been the number one overall pick. But the Rams look good. Yeah, um this is another game. Y'all went Cowboys. And, I did. I and, did. And I picked the Rams in this game. 
the Rams, people got to remember what, what, what McVay did last year with the Washington Redskins and just how dynamic that offense is. I think he has. He's getting a lot of credit. I, think that, yeah, I agree. He's getting, I think that if you look across the board, that he has better weapons. I mean, I'll take Sammy Watkins and, and Tavon Austin. Uh, with Gurley and the tight end Robert Everett Woods. out there yeah. over every I mean over what the Redskins had. Uh with that said, I think that um when you look at this game, <clears throat> that I don't think that had too bad of a game. No. Uh-uh. But no, if no, you no. look at the what the Cowboys issue was last year was defense. I mean they gave up thirty five points. Yeah, they said they've already given up more uh more excuse me. First of all, one, the Rams have scored almost more than half of the amount of points they scored for the entire season. Mm-hmm. Last year, in, in just uh, four games. And last year, the Cowboys, I think they said, had one game, uh, where they, or two games where they gave up more than 30 points, and they already have three this season. So the Cowboys' defense is a problem. Go ahead, DJ. Um, I, I made this game more about the Rams um, and Gurley. Uh, they, they've got him back going and getting him involved, right in the end, um, catching the ball. He caught a long touchdown out of the backfield again. They lost, they won by five points. Um, could have difference in the game. Um, I like Dak. I think Dak. I don't think Dak has hit any kind of wall. I think Dak is still playing um, really good football. He's he's he, he's he's poised. Um, I think he makes good decisions. Um, I, I make this more so about the Rams and Dallas defense. No, I, I, again, I don't. I don't want to say when I say that Dak as if like Dak's not playing good football. Is that everything else went great for last year? It was last year. It was like. Everything went well. You know, when Dak was thrown for, matter of fact, they didn't even need, Zeke was running for, at will. It would seem like he was averaging 10 yards a carry. Like, it seemed like everything was just wide open. So I feel like this year, Dak is going to have to work a little bit harder. These receivers aren't going to be as open. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott is not, at this point, last, I mean, last year he ran for, for, what was it, 1800 yards, 1900 yards, something ridiculous. And, and, and it's just, that's, that hasn't been the case this season. This season he's averaging 3.6 yards a, a carry last year was at over five. That's a big difference. I believe they lost two of their starting offensive linemen. So it's definitely a different team. Um, with that said, no, I still think that that's just going to continue to get better. Uh, Zeke will eventually figure it out. But the problem for the Dallas Cowboys is their defense. defense. And, and I'm looking at the division right now, and I'm still, I'm sorry. As long as the Giants are mathematically Mm-mm. Alive. Mm-mm. I'm still giving him hope. One thing I can tell you about Boogie DJ. <laughs> not only is he going down with the ship, <laughs> the ship can be underwater. He's going to be the guy like, help me get the ship back above water. Like he just <laughs> will rise with his picks forever, and forever. I'm a ride. I'm a. I'm a ride out with him. I, see, I mean, D, DJ is a Giants fan, so he has to ride out <laughs> with him. There's no reason for you to not be off that ship already, man. I'm not saying they listen. I'm not <laughs> counting the Giants out. All right, I'm just not counting them out. The Giants. When you look before the end of the season, we're going to look back and people are going to say that the Giants won some games that created a shift in the National Football League. I truly believe that. There's they just thing need, to say. They just need to get. They just need to get that first win under their belt. Um, with that said, um, I'm worried about Dallas's defense. I mean, you got some tough opponents coming up here. I mean, the whole NFC East schedule was just tough this year. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the Rams, and and it seems like. If you look at it, it looks like we're gonna have a Seahawks versus Rams to see who wins that um to see who wins that, that NFC the NFC West. Yeah. 
And and so, you know, I'm happy for the Rams. It's just a matter of seeing if 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 Wade Phillips can can continue to uh build that defense and get them to where the Broncos are. Lions Lions and Vikings. I know I picked the Lions on this one. The Lions again, they look good. Uh the Vikings, I mean, I, I don't know if they was expecting to get two wins in back to back from case from case uh Keelan, but I, I didn't see that coming. I don't have much to say here other than uh they did lose, excuse me, Dalvin Cook, which I think is huge. Like, that's huge. He was having a hell of a season. I saw the company that he was keeping with, uh, and under first four, four career, four games, and it's like, it's like out of this world. Jim Brown, like, those are the names that his first four games have been compared to in terms of, of statistics. Um, and then now that's down the drain, and I think that only hurts the Vikings. Um, Lions look good. Vikings, I mean, they're not, Vikings aren't bad. No, I mean, you lost Cook. He scored one touchdown, they, they did. Right. Anything else? Anybody want to say about either one of those teams? No, nah, Detroit is, um, you know, I think Detroit is legit. I think they're, they're a complete all-around team. It's unfortunate for the Vikings that they lost Cook because if there's one thing we know about the Vikings is that they have a solid defense. So, um, yeah. I mean, the, the Lions right now are one um, Golden Tate inch away from being 4-0. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the easy could be four and up. Um, DJ, you had anything? Nah, um, I like how the Lions are playing, unfortunately, for the Vikings. Okay. Uh, the one that we all got wrong, Carolina went into New England and, and, and got a win, and we saw the same way we're gonna, you should, you worried about the, um, Dallas defense. I think you should be worried about New England's defense over there, Lamont. Um, New England still put 30 points on the board against a very good defense. Um, New England just gave up 33 points, and for the first time, we saw Cam being Cam. And if the Panthers are going to be the Panthers, that's what he's got to be. And and, and, and to be, it, it, it felt good to see Cam doing that and looking like Cam and, and having fun and, and running and getting hit, you know, coming downfield and getting hit by three or four linebackers and getting up and, you know, dancing. And, and the NFL is better when Cam is being Cam. It, it's just one more team and it's one more star. That 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 is fun to watch, DJ. Um, nah, yeah. I mean, I agree. You know, I don't, I don't like all the dancing and all that stuff after the first half. <laughs> do I do appreciate uh, when when you know when he's playing well? It it is it is fun. Um, it's also fun when Tom Brady's losing. Yeah, I wouldn't expect this one. They they really got some stuff they need to um, they need to fix the defensive side of the ball. Um, but like, but you, you you're going to have to put up them kind of points to beat them, though. Yes, you, you're going to have to put up thirty plus to beat the yeah. Patriots. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yeah. You had anything on that? No, you know, I mean, shout out to the Carolina offense. That's the kind of offense you needed to run to beat the Patriots. Um, You know, I I think that when you look at the Patriots, first of all, Carolina, um, you know, we'll see if they're real or not. I'm still not buying. I'm I'm still not buying the Carolina hype. Um, But for the Patriots, when you're looking at every other team in the NFC, in the AFC, you better take advantage of your opportunity to get these wins. Because everybody knows, and, I, and no matter whether you hate the Patriots or hate Tom Brady or not, at the end of the day, you just know that that, that outfit over there in New England, they're going to get things figured out. Um, so teams like Buffalo, 
you know, have to take advantage of this opportunity. But this was a big win for Carolina. I mean, it is. And, and think about this. Um, <clears throat> I want to say Carolina is, is at the top of the division. Um, they at the top of the South. They're 3-1, so. Yeah, 3-1. and They're at the top of the top of the South, man. So yeah. if Cam is going to continue to be that, if Cam is going to continue to play like that, and he's going to be a, he's going to be aggressive, he's going to be downhill, and he's going to have fun, then I think that Carolina has a chance. He's got to be to compete. He's Outside be. of that, then they don't have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's got to be. There's no there's no if ands or buts about it. He, he absolutely got to be. Again, I'm never going to make any. I, I, my my level of concern for the Patriots will never get high until they are losing ten games a year or, or something. You you have like you said, you have to believe that they'll figure it out, and at the end of the season, they'll be doing just fine. And they'll be rolling. Um, Jags, Jets. We're running this bad. We're running this bad from guys. All right. Uh, Jags, Jets. I, I cannot. Here's what falls <laughs> under the cannot figure a team out to save your life. Who are the Jacksonville Jaguars? Like, that is a Texans. Beat a, a Texans is a very good team, and that's what we're expecting big things out of them. They beat the Texans 29-7. The Titans, mm, we're not sure what the Titans are. Titans beat the hell out the uh, about the Jags. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, we expect to be a pretty good team. They wipe the floor with the Ravens, 44-7. The Jets, we expect to be arguably the worst team in football. Mm-hmm. They lose to the Jets. Like, who are the Jaguars? Hey, I told you, I told you, I think it was week one. I'm off that bandwagon. Although I think in this game, I can't remember if I picked the Jets in this game. And I don't even think I picked the I don't Jets. have planned to pick the Jets for the whole season. <laughs> but... Um, we and that's why I got off the the Jaguars Jaguars bandwagon is because we really don't know who they are. We don't know who they are. We don't know what's going to uh, what you're going to get out of Jacksonville. I'm happy for the Jets. Um, you got to believe that all the teams in the AFC East. Every time you see the Patriots lose, or you just know you're in a position right now that all you have to do is win. Just continue to win, and you get to the playoffs. I'm happy for the Jets, but I have no idea what Jacksonville is, no, no idea what their identity is <laughs> at all. Um, but I will say this: they are a two and two team. But I also think that they are va- they are a very dangerous two and two team for the simple fact that we have no idea what their identity is. Right. So we just have to wait and see with that one. That they're part of what is making this NFL season uh, crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you have no idea. No idea what they are. Uh, week one, Fournette goes for 100 yards. Week two, 40 yards. Week three, 59. And then week four, 86. Like, they really are just all over the place. And, you know, I don't, they have, and, and just one of, you know, even when they're playing bad, I want to say, you know, the Jets have a really, I mean, excuse me, the Jags have a really good defense. And then they'll go out there and the defense doesn't even show up for an entire game. So, you know, I don't know. They're, they're, all, they're all over the place. Um, but hey. I do think the Jets. The Jets have got two out of their three wins that they'll get up for the entire season out of the way. So that's <laughs> so that's good for them. Um, a team that is also just I don't know what the hell is going on. The Ravens, Steelers, Ravens is probably f- for the last ten years the best rivalry in the NFL, and they they've had some of the best games over the last ten years. And um, the Ravens just do not look like they have it right now. They don't have enough offensive firepower to to compete. I don't know what's going on over there, but uh, Pittsburgh sitting nice at three and one, and they just continue to they just continue to get victories, man. And, and that's what it's about. Uh, it's unfortunate for Baltimore. Um, it's unfortunate for Baltimore that, that things are turning out to be this way. 
especially when you look at what's going on in Cleveland. If you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you have to be a little excited about the direction that your franchise is headed in. Buster, that's your team. I see you over there chiming in. Uh, Buster's going to say the quarterback play. Is it really just the – like, I I know that would be your account, uh, Buster, the, the Ravens is your uh, – Buster's my roommate from college in, uh, you know, Baltimore, so he's a Ravens guy. I- I'm watching the Ravens, and, you know, the 44 points that you gave up to Jacksonville, that almost looked like he just literally did not show up for the game. So, is it, is it, I do think Joe Flacco is having his worst season. I'm not even sure, though, that Flacco has the weapons. Who, who, who has, the, who have the Ravens gone out and gotten for Flacco? Mike Wallace? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Steve Smith was his best receiver, and they got and Steve Smith was what thirty eight, almost forty years old. People have to remember that from from the way I saw it, Flacco was just a game manager. The Baltimore Ravens were all about special teams and defense. Mm-hmm. And what what you've done now is you've putting you've putting everything on on Flacco. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he he wasn't with there. That, when Mason that, was there. I can't remember if he was there when Mason was there. He was there. He was there. When he was there. Right. So, but was, I mean, when he signed that contract, <laughs> he's getting paid. A large percentage of the yeah, salary cap. So I mean, they put it on him, and that was that was on him, and that was sort of when you get into that that pay grade, mm-hmm. that means it is on your plate. You, yeah. Like they're not paying you, but you like a to, game manager. But you have to be you have to be realistic about what he's playing around. I mean, when is the last time that he's had a when is the last time that he's had the same wide receiver core, or at least you know something that resembles the same wide receiver core in back to back years? It's been a while, especially since they've now put the put the, uh, the 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 franchise on his shoulders. With that said, um, you just never know with Baltimore. I know somebody. Let's um, just saying the injury the injury report, which I agree. But I mean, even healthy, <clears throat> just healthy, the running back situation. They're rebuilding. Uh-huh. They're rebuilding. They, they're the receiving core. They're trying to uh-huh. find, they're trying to find their way with regards to 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 as far as offense, the weapons that they're going to put around Flacco. With that said, um, you know, you still can't count the Ravens out because that defense is still solid. You gotta hope that the offense gets it together. I don't I don't see where it can happen. I don't either. Um but but I just don't think that he has enough weapons. You I think you have to get some guys out there that Flacco can play with for at least two or three years, get some guys that he's comfortable with. He's got a new wide receiver core seems like every every, every year. year. Every year. And the, and and that's tough for a quarterback. Uh, somebody asked about uh, Blake Bortles, I, I I don't know about that guy. I, I just you know I I don't know what's going on with him. He's just part of the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> identity that you just have no clue what you're going to get with them. So um, I, I feel like the Ravens, <clears throat> since Ray Rice left, they never really addressed the running back position. Mm-hmm. They've kind of just had guys. Remember that one year, the two years in a row, they just like they they found they. Sh- they found practice squad uh, practice squad goals with uh, was it Terry Allen? Uh, who was the running back that they had that was just there? That was he was a he was um I want to say he came Forrest. from the Seahawks. Forrest. No, not 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 Forsett. The um was it Terry Allen? Not Terry Allen. Terry Allen's a guy back from our day. Buster, you can help me here with the running back that they had. Who was a middle of the road court running back, and he had a thousand yard season out the blue, and then they he wanted some money, and they still didn't even really pay him, but he was a patchwork running back. Again, since Ray Rice has been gone, they didn't address the running back position. I thought Mike Wallace was going to be um was I thought that was going to be he's a deep threat and Flacco can throw the ball down the field, but he's also a one trick pony. And while he's a one trick pony, Jeremy Macklin is essentially the same player. 
You know, Jeremy Macklin is, you know, you got two guys that just run down the field and stretch the field and the same guy. And, you know, we make a lot. Steve Smith, while he was old, he was the best offensive weapon. I mean, he worked the middle and he stretched the field and he opened up things for those guys. They didn't replace him. So you just got Joe Flacco, who I think is a mediocre quarterback with two guys that are one trick ponies, a running game that's, I don't even think, good. And the defense isn't elite level defense like it uh, like it was before. So, I, 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 the Ravens, I think it's definitely rebuilding time. Yeah. And uh, uh, <coughs> Le'Veon Bell, thirty five carries. I, that's a lot of damn carries, man. That that guy does not come off the field. Thirty five carries, and they throw it to him six times out the backfield. Also, I mean, he's a workhorse right. back. He's a work. He's a workhorse back. We saw. Um, Antonio Brown was not was not very happy, so it was a little temper tantrum on the side, and and uh, I mean, I, 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 everybody said it wasn't nothing, and obviously it's because he was winning, and he's just a competitive guy, and da da da. But he threw a water cooler or whatever the case may be in a game that they're winning, and you know he wants the ball. We've seen him before complain about not getting the ball. Um, I don't know. I, that that just never really sits well with me. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, know. But, but before this game, I mean, he 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 then he had double digit perceptions in every game. And dude, they he he. I mean, Ben Locks, ben, he gets like 13, 14, 15 targets a game. Like, I mean, ridiculous amounts of targets. But I guess that's he's gotten used to it. Stuff. That's the selfish stuff. I don't, I don't like. I don't. I don't like it at all. I mean, coach tried to calm him down. He yanking coach off of him. I mean, okay, so you saw it too, then, yeah. Yeah, I say it. I don't, I don't, I don't like it at all. I mean, and, and the crazy thing is the play. He did break open at the end. He wasn't open at first. He broke open at the end. And at that time, uh, uh, a, a, a defensive lineman broke open too. Yeah. So it would have been hard for Ben to, to get that yeah. off. Ben didn't even see it. You can't, you can't do Ben like that. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> I mean, who got a Super Bowl champ who got two without shooting. No. And it's thrown you the ball a quadrillion times. Like, don't, like, I mean, what do you think? He just doesn't want to throw you the ball? I mean, come on, man. Let's cut, cut it out, man. Um, Titans, Titans, uh, Texans. The Texans scored 57 points. Shoot. And I told you, I said, I, I felt like Watson had the opportunity to be, he doesn't have the offensive line, but I think he can be this year's Dak Prescott. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. He looks good, man. I mean, he looks good. He's a problem with his feet. Um, is it Dabo Sweeney? Yep. Is that the coach down there? Mm-hmm. He said it, that he believes that, that Watson is going to be um, a, a good quarterback. I wasn't sure just because of the nature of the offense that he ran um, when he was in college, but I'm really impressed. And now you're talking about having a Houston team with a, a dual-threat quarterback with a defense that has been known to be nicked up, but a defense that's also known to be solid. Now you're talking about a legitimate contender. And all of a sudden, guess who? Wow, who knew that DeAndre Hopkins is one of the best receivers in football? <clears throat> what a difference a quarterback makes. DJ, what you got for me? <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've always liked him. Just even even watch, watching the games he's had against Alabama. Um, that, I, I know that didn't really translate for Manziel. I mean, I, I thought Manziel obviously could have, you know, did better, but... You know, when, when, when you can show what you can do against that team, you know, twice. I agree. Right. I agree. That's a good test because we've seen a lot of guys who are, you know, setting the wall on fire and then I'll play out is oh, not so much. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. know. So, um, and, and I was I was confused by the Savage start at the beginning of the season anyway. I mean, they aborted that quick, but um, good, good thing they did because I think this kid just needs to be on the field. And, um, 
And especially if you don't, even, if you don't have the offensive line, then you're going to need someone like to get out of pocket and make things happen. And I think they, um, they made that move sooner than later. That Texans team is built to win now. Like, they're good enough to win now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it goes back to, to what we were talking about earlier about do you just put a guy in. I think that this is another situation that, that favored, that favored uh, Watson. Them starting Savage in the beginning – now when Watson comes in, he knows that now this is his team. Yep. Regardless of how bad he plays, he knew that when they bench Savage and they put him in, that this was his team for the remainder of the year. So that's the way I want my young guy to come in. So when we talk about the Chicago Bears quarterback, you know, you go ahead and, and start uh, Gleason, whatever his name is. And for Watson, I think that that, that benefited him because – you could tell that he's a fast learner. He's a leader. And by allowing him to sit back and watch another man's mistakes, you could tell that he's the type of competitor that he's going to learn from another man's mistakes. And he's going to go out there and he's going to play ball. He's embraced by his team. Um, Hopkins loves him. And when you got a wide receiver that's as dynamic as Hopkins who loves you, now you got a guy that when you throw the ball to him, he's going to constantly go up for the ball and make plays for you. So, um, you know, this Houston team, it looks good, man. I'm happy for Deshaun Watson. And it's just, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how this how this thing plays out for the remainder of the season. Um, 49ers Cardinals. Not much to talk about there. Larry Fitzgerald. 49ers, again, 0-4. <coughs> Not a very good team. Cardinals have the potential to be a good team. Do you have anything to say, DJ? Um, uh, I mean, the, the Cardinals uh, really... Really struggle struggling without um, David Johnson and I don't know this game. They made the game a lot harder than they should have made it, but nothing, nothing more here. The Chargers, Eagles, the Chargers. I told you, you were high on them. I yeah, told you that they're they're not a, they're not good. And 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 more times than not, again, ever since it seems like with Daniel Thompson has left, it's been the Philip Rivers heavy show and. Um, when I look at Philip Rivers, I just see him as a guy out there just run up and down, picking up yards and, and stats, and not much else other than that. You know how I feel about the Giants as far as 0-4 and, and how I believe? You know how I am with Philip Rivers. Yeah, I do. All right. So when, I I'm looking at this, when I'm looking at this Chargers team, the same way that I feel about the Giants uh, and, and their chances, I feel the complete opposite about this. <laughs> 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 Because it's over for them. Okay. It's unfortunate. <laughs> it's so unfortunate. I'm a huge Philip Rivers fan. I, I I really wish that he would have gotten out of San Diego and, and gotten a fresh start somewhere. Things just don't look good for him, um, especially when you're talking about a, a team. And you're playing in a division where the Kansas City Chiefs are just balling out. The Denver Broncos, they, they have a quarterback now. And so w- with that team, you have to li- look at them as a legitimate contender. Uh, moving from, from San Diego to LA. When the good look, they're already talking about is it too late to, to go back to San Diego? Like, that's just not a good. Yeah. They're not winning. Nobody's going to the nobody's games. Going, yeah, nobody's they said this was nothing but Eagles fans there. Yeah. So the Eagles fans took over. A soccer, they're playing in a soccer stadium that holds like 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. Nobody's showing up, including the players. This isn't a good look all the way around. All I took from this game is. is as we saying this summer that um we were we were supposed to sign Garrett Blunt and then uh, I look up and we didn't sign Garrett Blunt. <coughs> and that, 
Now look at our running game, man. Well, he's on. Man, Slim, I tell you what, I watched that Giants game. Have we talked about the Giants? No, wait, that's the next one. Go ahead. You okay. Go ahead. All right. I, I look, I watched that that Giants game. And this was the first time I really sat down and watched them. I did not realize that that offensive line was as horrible as they are. You could have LeGarrette Blunt all you want to. He would be, he would struggle just as bad as these running backs that the Giants have right now. That offensive line is horrible. It seems like every single play, there's an offensive lineman that's out there blocking air. You can see that they're not putting forth any efforts. Um, um, it was just, to, to be honest with you, it was just horrible to watch. The the only reason that I would say you would have LeGarrette Blunt on your team and that it would make a difference is because he's got that mentality that if y'all aren't going to block for me, I'm going to run into your back. And if I'm running into your back, that's going to hurt. But that Giants team, man, the, the offensive line just has to get better. If they, get a, if they can just get some better play from their offensive line, at least two of these, two of these games that they lost, they would have wins. See, without blocking isn't great, but there's also, I've seen times where, you guys get past the offensive, get past the offensive line, and nobody make nobody miss. Not breaking on tackles, and Legarre Blunt has more yards after contact than anybody. You're not just bringing him down. He he's he's going forward, and I think we we could have used that. I know he wasn't asking for too much money, and um, <laughs> not at all. Like There's a lot of guys, DJ. That like I almost every running back in the league. You know what I mean? Like I, I felt like they could have had him. For, there's so many affordable guys. Like I, I'm with you. Like you weren't asking them to sign Le'Veon Bell, you know. But it's like every every team you look, it was like could have used him. Could have used him. If you're a running back and you, I don't know for me, it's been a running back. If I'm looking at the Giants and I'm a free agent, I'm saying bet. I got Odell Beckham, what's the boy Shepard, and I got Brandon Marshall out there. Oh, you can't load the box up on me. But unfortunately, the offensive line they they're just not playing well right now. And if and if they can just get the offensive line to play a little bit better, um, things could change around for the for the Giants season. That was a that was a tough four game. <clears throat> that was actually it was a really good game in my opinion. That Tampa Bay Bucks versus the Giants game. Uh, see, here's here's I'm watching this game as a Bucks fan, and if our field goal kicker is even, like that changes the entire game. It's not even a game if the field goal kicker makes any of these kicks. All, all these all all these situations happen because of. Missed extra points, missed field goals. Well, he, he he missed two kicks and extra point, but we also missed the kick and went for them fourth down where we could have tried to kick it. Yeah. All that stuff kind of canceled each other out. Not that really. Brain really ruined the game because though because DJ in certain in a lot of those situations, one of those games, we one of those plays you saw the Mike Evans scores, and then we, it actually turns out he's down the one yard line. So we went from having seven points to okay, we're just going to settle for three. We got zero. At zero, like, and, and at that point in time, I think it would have put us up. What was it like, twenty to to ten? Or it, it, it's like you're changing games that are supposed to be two two scores, you know, games are now one score games. And, and because of the extra point, instead of having to do this, we now have to go for two, and then we missed the to go for two. It's like the kicker changed the whole outcome of the game. And normally in situations like this, the thing is with most of the teams, you're like, man, the kicking game stinks. We need to address it. We address it. We did the ultimate addressing of it. We drafted a guy in the second round. There is no more addressing the kicking situation than trading up to draft a guy in the second round, the, the the most accurate kicker in college history, and he stinks. He can't even make the team. Like he he can't make any field goals. So we go with the, we go with folk, and all of a sudden he can't miss it. And across the board, I feel like ever since they moved the extra point to thirty yards, 
I don't know if it's just a mental thing in terms of like they need that freebie, but it feels like when I'm watching the red zone, it's field goal kicks being missed all across the NFL. Like, I mean, no field goal is guaranteed anymore. It's just yeah. all of these kickers are missing field goals left, right, and center. Every time I turn on the TV, it's, it's, a, it's another field goal kicker missing a kick that you're like, a 30-yarder? Another 20-yarder? A 30-yarder? Um, in terms of us, on the list of guys who switched teams and was expected a lot out of, um, Deshaun Jackson, I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm not giving up on it. I mean, he's a home run hitter, so it, it comes in bunches. That doesn't mean that any single game he can have three catches for 180 yards and three touchdowns. But as of right now, it hasn't happened. Jameis just... I love Jameis. Too many times you just say, oh, come on, Jameis, why did you do that? Like, too many times that happens. And then on the flip side, Mike Evans is as good as receiver there is in football. Too many times that guy drops the ball. I mean, he, he, he's great. He is great. But every week he has a, a big drop. Um, it's a W, you know, and, uh, while the Giants are owned for, the Giants aren't a bad football team. So, it's a W and it's a good W and it's a W that we needed. Um, for you guys, DJ, I mean, own four is own four. Anyway, you slice it. Nobody really cares if, if you lost all four games by one point. Like, I mean, own four is not where you want to be. Yeah. Uh, definitely not, you know, where you want to be. I mean, I, I mean, in this game right here, I just don't even know. Like, I didn't think you played terrible at all. Um, no. I wish we, I wish I, I wish you guys would have made one of them field goals. So we, we would have had the ball last and, and had it and was able to go up and, you know, and try to, you know, get a last field goal or something on y'all instead of being up and y'all had a ball and, and um, you know, y'all take eat up, eat up, eat up the clock and run down and score on us. Um, but you, you guys do have, you guys do have weapons. This game really, it really was our linebackers losing, losing tight ends. Mm-hmm. Um, Little stuff like that. I mean, with Deshaun, even if he's not out there catching, catching, you know, fifty yard touchdowns, a guy like him, his presence stretching the field, guy. absolutely. People are paying attention to him. That's for sure. Yeah, it's, it's no yeah. doubt about uh-huh. it. I welcome. I'm welcoming uh, Doug Martin back this week with open arms. Yeah. Well, I, I thought Rogers. I thought Rogers ran the ball well. Um, he's nice. He, he ran the ball hard. Um, <laughs> Murphy, I thought Murphy, Murphy made Murphy made big plays for y'all too. Uh, you mean Humphreys? Humphreys is that, but Humphrey is. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Now he did. He was. He, I'm looking at him. It says six catches for 70 yards. It seemed like more. It seemed like he was catching the ball all the time. You know what I mean? It's like every time it was a completion, it was like who's oh it's Humphreys? Like I mean, it was he was he was, and then we got um we got a taste of what um the OJ Howard can bring to the table. Yeah. You know, he, he 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 missed the catch or so too, but I like it. I've always liked it. Yeah, I, I I mean we got weapons. I mean we 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 have weapons, and again, Beckham is a special dude. Um, Brandon Marshall would look like he was getting going there for a while, and then he had a a bad drop. Yeah, huge drop. Yeah, a, a, a huge drop that that hurt. That really really could have really could have changed the game. We could have ate up some more clock, and you know, really that that drop was big. And it was came right after he made two big catches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, th- th- it looks like the old, the, the, the Beckham, uh, Marshall thing is getting better week by week. I mean, that has the potential to be serious. You know what I mean? That's two guys who can catch a hundred balls easily and make plays. Um, 
again, 0-4 is only 4. It, it doesn't really matter, like I said, how well you play. 0-4 is 0-4. And it's a hole that you, you don't want to get yourself into. Um, the next game, Raiders-Broncos. Uh, um, here, here's one of these games. I don't know how, if you, how much you were watching that, uh, DJ. Um, Oral was over. I'm going to call it this one. Okay. Oral was over. I think I went with Broncos. I went with the Broncos. I picked the Broncos. Um, Oral was over here, so it ended up being uh, on one of the televisions here, and it was right in front of me. So I, I watched a good amount of this. And while Lamont was here, and we were sitting right next to me and watching it, when EJ Manuel came in, he went eight for eight with some great passes and then got two drops in a row. Remember that, Lamont? Yep. He, he had potential to be 10 and 10 with a touchdown. After the two drops, the next thing you know comes the interception, and the storyline will be EJ Emanuel came in and didn't play. EJ Emanuel came in, and if you were watching this game, EJ Emanuel came in and played great. He did. And he played great. He literally was 8 for 8, and then the next two passes were drops that hit the receiver in the hand, one of them in the end zone. Um, the Broncos, their defense is, is, is special, man. Like, they, their defense is the real deal, and, uh, you know, they, they don't ask much from the quarterback. And if you're going to get anything from the running back, they had, you know, started getting it going with Jamal Charles and C.J. Anderson. Jamal Charles left with a um, with a helmet to his knee. But, I mean, the Broncos, again, if they can get anything out of the quarterback play, they, they, they can be trouble. And, and uh, yeah, I agree. Crabtree. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't know Crabtree wasn't playing in this game. But, oh, excuse me. Crabtree, Crab, right, Crabtree didn't. Broncos, I thought the Broncos defense is very elite, and all we got to do is ask Simeon just not to run it for us. Crabtree, Crabtree didn't um, didn't play, and Amari Cooper might as well have not played. Yeah, right. He had eight targets, caught two of them for nine yards. Literally did nothing. Two weeks in a row. Yeah, did nothing. And the Marshawn show, the Marshawn Lynch show, has pretty much disappeared. Uh, I'm a re- everything he was dancing on the sideline. Week one, he's having the time of his life. Eighteen carries, seventy-six yards. Beast mode is back. Week two. 12 carries, 45 yards. Week three, six carries, 18 yards. Week four, nine carries, 12 yards. So if you're counting at home, that's 76, 45, 18, 12. That means next week you will have less than 10 yards if you're following that pattern. Um, Derek Carr is now out, out, excuse me, for two to six weeks, which is a really odd timetable, but he's out two to six weeks. Marshawn Lynch and the running game have completely disappeared. Crabtree's not playing and Cooper has done absolutely nothing two weeks in a row. This is not the Oakland team that we were promised. No, um, I think the Redskins put the formula out there to how to beat the Oakland Raiders, and that's to to, to disguise your coverages. Um, you know, Denver, I think Slim hit on this earlier in the season that the Broncos were just a quarterback away. Um, the defense is still top-notch. Um, I, I think they're still running a whole lot of what, what they did when Wade Phillips was there. But the Broncos are getting quarterback play, man. And if they're getting quarterback play and you, you talk about quarterbacks who manage the game, what better situation can you ask for than to be the quarterback of a team that has a defense that's as good as the Denver Broncos? Um, with that said, um, you know, you lose Carr, but I don't think that you lose a whole lot when you talk about Emmanuel and what he's capable of doing. And you got to know this, he's fighting for a starting job now. So yeah, he was the first round draft pick. He's not he's, nobody. Yeah, this is his opportunity to, to showcase for, for other teams. So uh, this is going to be a division that you really got to pay attention to. Um, And then that leads us to 
the Colts Seahawks. Colts are a very bad team, and again, you know, we saw the Kobe, the Brissett thing, and everybody was saying, wow. I mean, they look good for one week, and then they went right back to being the Colts. Um, that being said, the Seahawks, two and two, the Seahawks look like what they're supposed to against the Colts. I don't, I don't know what you want to make, take away from the, uh, Seahawks game against the Colts. It, it, it was an Eddie Lacy spotting, uh, happy for him. I don't know if anybody else has anything to say about that. No. No, I didn't. I was, I was running around and I didn't see much of this game. It looked like they was hanging in there for a minute. And then when I looked <laughs> up, I'm like, sheesh, that score got bad. Um, but just like you say, it was basically Seattle doing what they're supposed to do, just like we expect that. I didn't expect the Colts to come out here and tear the world on fire um, in Seattle. So I don't, I'm not taking nothing away from them. Right. And then the Monday night game last night, again, no such thing as moral victories. Okay? You two are professional athletes. You know that. But the Chiefs are the best team of football, and they are, and they look good. And the Redskins played with them in Kansas City. Like, that's... That that's not a small feat, okay? I, I again, we, you know, like I said, you guys are both professional athletes. There's no such thing as moral victories. I, as a fan, am saying the Redskins might be a little bit better than 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 we think than I thought they were going to be, um, because the Chiefs are a damn good football team with a lot of playmakers. Alex Smith is playing good. They have a great defense. They have special teams. The Chiefs right now, like I said last week, are the best team in football. And Kansas City has always been, Arrowhead has always been one of the hardest places in the NFL to get a victory. So for the Redskins to go in there and essentially be with them all the way down to the last uh, play of the game, hats off to them. Yeah, I, I thought um, I thought the Redskins played really well. Um, I, I, I would I would take something good from 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 this game if I were them. They, they, they lost Norman in this game. Yep, and, and um, you know still. You know, Kane, Kane had had a chance to to win the game, and team as good as Kansas City in Kansas City. So, Redskins might be the best team in our division, really. And, and Boogie, I want to ask you this question because um, I I really wonder. Billichek, when he had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez, and they were the two best players on his team, he he, he kept Gronk out there. And found different ways to get Aaron Hernandez, whether it was at the fullback, line them up out wide, line the two two tight end sets. It appears that Vernon Davis and Jordan Reed are the two best receiving weapons on the team. Why can't they be on the field at the same time? Um, I mean, you can, but then you have to ask yourself, um, you know, first of all, Jordan Reed has, has been banged up. Right. Um, you but when he... You don't want... Can you imagine putting both of them on the field at the same time and both your tight ends getting hurt at the same time? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean you have to, when one of the tight ends is, has shown that he's he could be a little fragile in Jordan Reed... Um, you know, you can't put both of those guys out there at the same time, but do you want to do that? If you put both your tight ends in here, all right, that's no different than this. That's no different. When you go two tights with one back, it's almost no different than going one tight end with a fullback and a halfback. What you're inviting is eight men in the box and you're inviting pressure. And so do you really want to do that? Can you line one? Can't you line one, either one of them up out wide? Yeah, you can you can do that too. You can line either one of them out. The, um, you can line either one of them out wide. But we seen um, Vernon Davis out there. He just he left the cornerback. No, Vernon. He I mean the play the 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 play that he had the 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 big play on. I mean it was a that terrible, was it was a terrible matchup. He was against the defense there. Yeah, no, no, that, that, excuse no, me. Right, the week before, that, okay, got that you. Was, that was against Houston. If when you look at majority of the plays that Vernon makes, he's wide open. Mm-hmm. 
what I want to see Vernon do is when he's not wide open, go up for the ball and make those plays. Those are the types of plays that the Redskins need for Vernon to make. Um, with that said, he's still dangerous. When this game for me, I, I wanted to see them get Chris Thompson the ball more. Didn't get the ball at all. I came into this game. He put on a show last week. I came into this game with two players on my fantasy team. Chris Thompson and Tyreek Hill. And all I needed was eight points. And I lost. <laughs> and I lost. With that said, I think the one thing. That's that, rough. Yeah, I mean, I, that's, that's, that's rough, man. I don't uh, yeah. think there's no way possible I lose that game. That's how I felt. I'm like, one of these two is going, between the two of them, y'all can give me four points apiece. Um, with that said, I think that the Redskins show just how much depth they have on the defensive side of the ball. That's a team with a whole lot of depth. Um, I'm still not jumping on the bandwagon yet. Um, you know, I was on it last year. I'm staying off. Uh, but with that said, um, this game came down to Andy Reid and the Redskins got crucial penalties in the second half at crucial times. You're talking about, I believe they had maybe four or five first downs that were converted after they got stops on third down. You got a stop on third one, you get an offsides penalty. You get a hands to the face. Um, you, you had a, a, a multitude of things that happened in the second half, but if I'm the NFC East, and I'm looking at the Redskins. I'm saying that right now the Redskins have the best defense. I still think that overall the the Philadelphia Eagles are the best team for the simple fact that the Eagles beat the Redskins. Uh, when I'm looking at the Redskins, the two games that they lost, they were both against quarterbacks who could hurt you with their feet. So if you look at the schedule, I believe the Redskins have either four or six more games that they're playing against mobile quarterbacks. You're talking about that Prescott, they got two games they have to play against. Um, the boy out there in Philly. Um, with that said, the Redskins have a lot of depth, and they're still not clicking fully on offense. This could be a very scary team, depending on how how fast they recover from this offseason. I mean, from this uh, this bye week. All right, let's get into these picks. Starting on Thursday night, Patriots come to Tampa Bay. Patriots in Tampa. Pats. All right, I don't got to pick this game no more. <laughs> what you got, the Patriots, man? <coughs> what do you say, DJ? I'm still thinking. Y'all ain't pick y'all pick yet? I'm going Patriots. Tampa Bay playing against the Patriots after they just lost on a short week. I'm taking Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't feel comfortable not picking the Patriots with the way their defense is playing. Man, and you sit, and you getting back, and you giving back your running back. I'm going to pick us, and I don't feel good about it, and I'm not even going to lie. That is a homer pick. Uh, we're 2-0 <laughs> at home. We're getting Doug Martin back, and I know that this game has been this this game has been on the schedule. You know what I mean? This has been circled in the Jameis Winston household, and I think right. we're going to get everything that they have. Um, the Patriots losing two in a row, that doesn't happen often, but uh, I'll take the Bucks. Yeah, I'll, I'll pick the Patriots and hope the Bucks win. <laughs> uh, Bills at Bengals. Give me the Bills. Bills. No man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Bengals aren't good, buddy. Yeah, no, and uh, Bengals aren't good. And Buffalo's defense is playing well. And um, that, that 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 rookie going up against AJ Green this week. Yeah, give me give me the Bills. 
Okay. Jets at Browns in the game. Somebody must win. I guess. I guess the Jets. I'm going Jets. That's just one two games. Yeah. I'm going Jets. Panthers Lions in Detroit. I'm taking Detroit. I think I'm going to go with Detroit too. I'm going to go Detroit too. 49ers and Colts in another game that somebody must win. I'm taking 49ers. Taking the Colts. Sure. Look, give me the Colts. That's a coin flip. Uh, give me the Colts because they're home. Uh, Titans and Dolphins. Give me the Titans. 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 Chargers, come to you, DJ. Giants got to win this one. Battle home and Florida. We're at home. I mean, we, we, they come across the country. You got to win this. I'm taking Giants. I think you guys look really good this week because <coughs> I think the Chargers are really bad. Um, Cardinals, Eagles in Philly. Um, Eagles. 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 Jaguars go to Pittsburgh. Give Pittsburgh. me the Steelers. Yeah, give me the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Man. Come on, dude, Boogie. You can't be serious. And you know what? You said that you were off. The, one of them you called a good team, and the other one you said you were done with. Ah, you know what? Hold on. Yep. I'm going to start Pittsburgh's defense on my fantasy team, so I'm going to take the Jag. I'm going to take Pittsburgh's. I was going to take Jaguars, but I'm going to take Pittsburgh. That's crazy. Uh, Ravens, I think it just uh, the Ravens at the Raiders without Derek Carr. The Ravens are two and two. Raiders two and two. It's in Oakland. Well, yeah, in Oakland. Raiders from without Derek Carr. Give me the Ravens. Yeah. Raiders lost two in a row, including one and yeah. one one beaten. Yeah, I got. I got, I got Actually, I got no, no. I, I'm gonna go to Raiders. I'm gonna go Raiders. I'm gonna go Raiders. I'm gonna go Raiders. The Raiders. The Raiders. So, you, DJ, you said you got the Ravens. Yes. Okay. Uh, Rams. Seahawks. Give me the Rams. It's a big game. Give me the Seahawks. Give me the Seahawks. This is L- in LA. It's a big game. Yep, give me Rams. Um, Chiefs, Texans. Chiefs. Yeah. Chiefs. Chefs. Texans can win this game. I'm going to go Chefs. Yeah. They can. They the game can. It's a, prime, it's a primetime game, too. But a rookie quarterback versus Andy Reid, I'll, I'll, I'll take the uh, the Chiefs. And then Monday night, good God, are they serious? The Vikings and Bears? That's on Monday night. one. Which one I skip? Packers, Cowboys. I'm going Green Bay. Huh, where is that? Why do I not they're, they're in Dallas. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You're right, you're right. Uh, yes, Packers, Cowboys. Uh, ooh. I got Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers, baby. Mm. Rodgers against that defense. Yeah, but that's a tall order. I mean, Zeke against that defense. Yeah. Touche. In Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys. Give me the Cowboys. Another one where I really I want I want Green Bay to win this game. It's just the Cowboys just got more. You know they just they got more weapons. You want the Cowboys? Green Bay can't run the damn ball. <laughs> Green Bay's a one man show over there, man. Dallas also ain't got the best, the best secondary. Nope. And Sean Lee's hurt. Surprise, surprise. And, uh, is Sean Lee not playing? I don't know if he's not playing. I do know he's hurt. He left last game. I don't care. I know Green Bay will win this game. 
I'll take the Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, give me. I feel like this is a game Dallas got to win. Yes, that's Cowboys gonna, at home. That's going to help my record. That's going to help my record. Cowboys. <laughs> so, Trubisky makes his first career start on Monday Night Football. How is that Bradford coming back? I don't think they've said yet. I'm going with the Vikings, though. Yeah, I, I, I'll go with the Vikings also. Oh, yeah, I'll go with the Vikings, too. Might, remember, they don't have our cook, though. Hey, that's, why, that's why I said, oh, but then I throw the ball. They, they, they got um, married. Yeah, I, I just don't know about a rookie making his first career start against a good defense on Monday night. I'm going to go, um, I'm going to take the Bears on that. I like the Bears. I think that division is going to be Green Bay and Detroit anyway, so I'm going to take the Bears. Okay, but let, let, me, let me go back. I'm going to go back and go against y'all. I'm going to take the Panthers over the lines. Say it again. I'm going to go back and take the Panthers over the lines. Panthers over Lions? Okay. I originally said Lions. That's not bad. That's not bad. And I, and I, I might have to agree with you, but I, I don't know. That's a good one. I like that. And you know what? I've never been one to leave you by yourself, DJ. I'll go, I'll go, with, I'll go with Carolina too, man. If, like, I, I was, the thing is, is that those first two weeks, that cam, like, no, that, that pocket passing cam and and just throwing the ball, that's not your strong suit. And too many times people try and prove to somebody what they're not, you know, I want to show that I'm a pocket quarterback. And it's like, yeah. what's wrong with just being who you are, man? Like, you're a hell of a threat and you're a hell of a weapon. And that's when you're at your best. And you're right. I'll, I'll, I'll go with Carolina also. I want to change one of my picks. Which one? I want to take, I'm going to go with the Cardinals over the Eagles. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Cardinals okay. over Eagles. Now you know what you know what's helped you know what uh, pushed me to do that. Keep it hope alive for the Giants, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Told you, well, man. They, they can't run the ball either. I don't know. I I, I know, but, but do you know what? Did you know this? That they can run the ball. They would be a better team. I'm trying to I'm trying to find these rankings. I didn't even realize this about Arizona, but like they're ranked like seventh in defense, like. Offense, they I just I just lost the bus. Yeah, they got, I, they got a hell of a defense. I mean, one of the best safeties in the league, best cornerbacks. Yeah, they rank eleventh in offense, seventh in defense, and second in passing. The Cardinals, Cardinals, well, the Cardinals got defense. But they're thirty second in rushing. But the Eagles' defense is ranked twenty fourth. So they're worse. They're rushing than us. Who? The Eagles? The Cardinals. Ever since they rushing, were, yeah, Eagles are third in rushing. Nah, he said the Cardinals. No, the Cardinals are thirty second. Yeah, that team is thirty two, buddy. That's not running the ball. This journey have a big game. Ever since they lost David Al Wilson, that's what it's been. All right, guys, thank thank you everybody for tuning in. It has been a great show. We appreciate it. Make sure you guys all have a good week. Make sure to remember how blessed you are and uh, that, you know, just like this question. So enjoy it, guys. And we will see you guys all next week. Thank you. Later. Peace.